welcome to the Through the Lens of Learning podcast. If we haven't met, hello, I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Schroyer. I'll give you two words that summarize me to a T, lifelong learner. Join me as I share a bit about my own journey of curiosity, learning, and wonder. You'll also get to hear from some phenomenal individuals on what they're curious about learning and what they have to share too. Are you itching with excitement yet? I am, so let's get started. Um, today I am joined by Nathan Coey. So welcome, Nathan. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. Um, so Nathan, um, Nathan, I've known you now, what, a year and a half, maybe? Uh, we worked at the same company for a really, really long time. Um, and got to be part of a team together recently. And Nathan is doing a lot of different speaking engagements. So I'm excited that he signed up to be on the podcast. Uh, Nathan, I start every podcast episode by asking, how would you define learning? So can you share with us? Mm. Learning is so huge, um, really. There are so many facets to learning. And I always used to get stuck thinking in a really traditional sense about learning about, you know, like pen and paper. And then even as you get out of school, like computer screens and courses and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But really it's the learning is just experiences really, you know, it's just um, learning is just taking in the world around you and taking in the bits and pieces that have impacted you um, and applying applying all of that to to not just you know your life in general but applying it to your learning um, and applying it to your you know whether it's just your self-edification or your own um, you know interests or you know professionally or anything else it's really just about applying those those um, pieces um, you know it's like stories it's like taking stories and where's the moral of the story um, you know, and the moral of the story is important, but also just like, what can you learn from the story is really important. So I love storytelling. Storytelling is, you know, I think just such a huge and important piece of how to transfer knowledge from, from one person to another. Um, so maybe, maybe that's what else, what I'll stick with is, is really learning is learning is really about storytelling and about, you know, passing knowledge on from one place to another through it. And Nathan, you were so worried about saying something very insightful. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like all of these pieces already. Great, great. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. Um, so Nathan, one of the things that um, I talk about with my guests is their learning journey. And we absolutely all have several different types of learning journeys throughout our life. So what do you want to talk about in regards to learning journey for you? Um. Well, you know, what what I think is really interesting um, when I look back at my learning journey is just, you know, for one, the fact that I never really intended to be a learning professional um, in the first place. You know, and I know a lot of people have those types of stories and they end up in a different environment than they, you know, went to school for or anything else. Um, But, you know, I started out in college as a communications, like broadcasting major um and i was convinced that i was going to be a news anchor and that's that's what i was going to do um and then as we got into college a couple years in i got sucked into the uh 
kind of the theater world. And then I was a double major with communications and theater. And I was doing a lot of performances and starting to dabble in script writing and some of that type of stuff. Um, and that was what college life was. And, you know, I got started in my career um, just kind of getting into, you know, an entry level job just to get started so I could, you know, support myself and support, um, you know, my wife and, you know, like a, a new family. And uh, never really expected that I would be able to apply those experiences and those things to something like learning. So I think what, what is really interesting to me is just the way that as my career progressed and as I, as I managed to get into the learning field and then in the, you know, the past 12 plus years done a number of different things within learning is looking back and seeing all of the ways that I am able to take pieces of the things that I learned, the experiences that I had in, in these other areas of study and these other fields and these other experiences and how I was able to still translate those to different aspects of learning in different roles and just figuring out how those things work. Um, it's really fascinating to me the way that, you know, things like um, being a facilitator, I mean, there are lots of performance elements to being a facilitator. Um, it's, you know, having that background of being, you know, comfortable in front of an audience, um, even being comfortable like in front of a camera when it comes to doing, you know, not only things like this, but doing things like, you know, videos, training videos, all of that, all of that type of work. Um, I was able to just rely heavily on all of that experience that I never really anticipated was going to be applied in a, in a learning field. Um, and now here I am and you know, I've been able to apply all of those types of things to video and to audio recording and performance and, you know, voiceover narration. And, um, even like, um, as I talked about storytelling, like, writing plays, you know, that's something that I've done. I haven't done as much as I, as I would like to recently, but um, writing plays and writing scripts, uh, it, as I was writing for like e-learnings, for example, I can see where there's such a tight correlation to writing dialogue um, in a, like, you know, in a practice or in some type of scenario that you're putting into an e-learning and, you know, writing a play, writing the dialogue in a play. Um, and so it's just really, it's been really fun to see how all of those pieces of that journey that I never thought was going to lead me to this particular point have led me to this particular point <laughs> um, and allowed me to have, you know, at least some measure, measure of success and be able to try and do different things within the learning field um, and sometimes look at it from a little bit of a different perspective because you know, I wasn't homegrown expecting to be you know, anywhere in the learning profession. Yeah. And so when you even went to get like the, the entry level job to start working, like were you originally thinking, hey, I need to go out and get something in whether it was theater or performance or communications yeah. or yeah. were you really just like, hey, I need something to support me and my family? Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. What I always like to tell people is that I graduated. Well, I actually hadn't even graduated college yet, but I, I knew I wanted to get married. Um, and my wife is a year younger than me. She still had two years of college left. Um, and I knew there was absolutely no way um, that I was going to get married or be allowed to get married <laughs> if I didn't have a full-time job. Uh, and so I went and I got a full-time job, um, you know, a couple months before graduating college. So I could say, see, look, I have a job. We can get married. 
<laughs> never knowing what it would turn into. Right. And never knowing what it would turn into. And, you know, a lot of people have that type of story of, you know, I just started here, never thought it would be a long-term thing. Um, and now it's been, you know, almost eight. Well, I guess it's been over 18 years now, just over 18 wow. years this month um, at the same company, you know, and more than 12 in learning now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, all of that just started because I wanted to get married and I needed to make sure I had a job in order to do that. And then it just kind of, you know, continued from there. And I was able to find areas of interest and find areas to continue advancing um, within the same company because of, you know, there because of a number of reasons. But yeah, getting in and then just finding ways that I could apply those experiences to different roles you know, has led me down quite the journey. Right. So from your entry level position or positions that you had, how did you end up transitioning into more of like a learning professional type of role? Yeah. Like what caused that jump? Yeah. So, um, so without getting into tons of specifics, I was, uh, I was working in a call center. I was doing call center work, um, talking on the phone to customers. And I did that for close to six years. And um, right before I got into the learning field, I had, had gone on and they, we were starting a new department. And, uh, and so I was one of the first groups of people that had gone in and got trained and we're doing this new job in this new department. And they started looking for um, what equates to basically like a coach, um, a coach type position. And so uh, I was able to get that and it, it, it turned into a little bit of uh, like a new hire assistant um, type role where my role was really more about being in the classroom as they were onboarding new individuals into the role, new classes, and just providing kind of that SME level um, expertise, um, not only SME level in the job function, but then also SME level in, you know, just how to teach that um, to, to other people. Um, and so I kind of got in and that's where it sort of started. So I was sitting in new hire classes. I was helping contribute, um, helping the facilitator who was not an expert in the, in the job role. And, uh, and so it started there. And then from there, it moved into kind of an internship with the, the training area as a facilitator. Um, and, you know, I, I've always liked facilitation. I've always liked being in front of people, um, you know, as you might expect as somebody that you know, was big into theater, I was, I always enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, so I I'd been trying to get into training for a little while just because, you know, of all the things that I could have tried to get my nose into at this company, that was what interested me the most. Um, and so, you know, I spent some time as a, an assistant and then I was able to get an internship in the, the training area as a facilitator. And that, I don't know, maybe it was a stroke of luck or maybe I, you know, I, um, I did some, some smart maneuvering, but I was, quickly viewed as this me in that area. Um, and then that led me to being able to get hired on as a facilitator because there literally was no one else that knew the, the material well enough to facilitate. Um, <laughs> with it being a fairly new department in our area, they didn't have anybody else to, to pull from. Um, so I was able to create myself a little niche there where they hired me as a facilitator. And, uh, and that lasted for a couple of years. And then from there, um, I moved into other areas. I started into curriculum design and did that for a number of years before before moving in a little bit further and getting into things like consultation and uh, strategy and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I like when you talked about earlier too, like 
not realizing the skills that you gained and how you can use those in the workplace because so many people don't understand transferable skills mm-hmm. and trying to open, you know, I've tried to open their eyes several times to say, hey, just because you're doing this in this area doesn't mean you don't have skills you can take into another area. So that's yeah. awesome that you're yeah, open to that. It took me a while to learn. Yeah. Really, you know, because it's like you look at one job and then you you have a goal for what your next job um, you want it to be. And so you look at those skills and you try and decide, okay, well, how can I get better at those particular skills? Mm-hmm. Um, or you look at a job and you say, well, this job doesn't really, you know, look like it includes a lot of this particular skill that I like or this skill that I think I'm really good at. Um, and it really took me a while to kind of reconcile the fact that in most cases, most skills are transferable. Really, it's not about, you know, I had a, I had a big thing about creativity for a long time because I'm a creative person. I really liked as I was like, you know, an instructional designer, I liked the having the creativity to be able to, you know, come up with dialogue and and be able to come up with creative ways to present information in a a web-based training. Mm -hmm. Uh, I looked at other roles like, you know, consultate consultant roles or other types of roles. um, There was a period of time where I kind of worried that I would lose that opportunity to be creative because I wasn't, you know, physically making things with my hands anymore. Right. Um, until, until I realized, no, that creativity, if that's what you're good at, that transfers. There's just different ways to be creative. Um, and, you know, and that's really important, even as you're like, you're interviewing for jobs or you're looking for jobs that you might want to target. Um, is that if you're good at a skill, you can figure out how to transfer that skill to a different position. Um, and so it's more important to think about what skills do I really like? What skills do I really think I'm good at? Um, what skills, you know, can I really shine in? And how do, the, how do those skills fit into this you know, job that I'm looking at or this job that I'm interested in? As opposed to just only looking for jobs that have certain skills already listed as, you know, important skills for the job. Because you can, you can fit those skills in and then, you know, oftentimes... that turns out to be more important to have a skill that you may not have expected or may not have been in the job description because it helps you look at things a different way. It helps you approach a different way, helps you do things that, you know, other people may not have done because, you know, it's not the way it's always been done or it's not the way that other people do it or anything else. You know, you get the chance to look at it through a different lens. um, And then, you know, it gives you lots of opportunities because you're just taking advantage of those skills. Right. So Nathan, what were some of the things looking back on your journey from where you started to where you are today that maybe you are most thankful that you did in your journey? Um, well, I think a couple of things. One, while I'm glad that I don't still do it, um, I really am glad that I did facilitation for some time Um, and not necessarily because, you know, it gave me the chance to be in front of an audience or any of that type of stuff. Cause that to me personally, that wasn't a big deal. You know, I was, I've been on stages and, you know, plenty of scenarios that really didn't matter to me, but um, I tend to be a pretty introverted person. And while I'm okay, if I'm performing in front of like an audience if I'm in a more individual setting, um, it's a little bit more difficult for me. 
And so what I found with facilitation was there were a lot of times and a lot of areas where I was the only person around to fix problems if problems came up. Um, you know, if people in my class, learners had issues that needed solved or whatever else, there were a lot of cases where I was the only one there. You know, I might've been teaching a class at night or something else and there's just nobody else around to, to help me fix a problem. Um, and so what that really helped me honestly is like networking mm -hmm. and just figuring it out in this, if you want to make that a word. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, when you're in front of a, a class of new hires who have only been at, you know, this company for you know, a week or two weeks and, you know, none of them have the right access on their computers and you have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all just staring at you, waiting for you to <laughs> Desperate for your help. <laughs> right? right. Exactly. You figure out real quick how to find people that could maybe help you solve your problem and then how to talk to them in the, the right way to get them to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. help you solve your problem right now as opposed to you know sending an email and helping hoping they solve it you know in a couple of days or something else right um, so to me that's kind of an unexpected skill that i was really able to hone from that facilitation world um but it's so important to be able to you know figure out because there even in my my current role there are a lot of opportunities where we might say, oh, yeah, that would be really cool. That would be great if we could do X thing. Mm -hmm. Who do we talk to? And sometimes you look around the table and everybody says, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who to talk to. So then you got to figure it out. You yeah. know, you have to be willing to talk to people and, you know, do some searching and looking around and figuring out where to go to um, to come up with answers. And, uh, you know, and all of that kind of stemmed from that those beginnings in the beginning of my learning journey. Great. Great. I like that. Um, and Nathan, one other thing that you had mentioned was you went from, you were, went from SME to facilitator. And one of the reasons that you mentioned it was you were the one that knew the content, like you were that subject matter expert. So who else would teach it? One of the things that I hear a lot of, and I have in the past years is that so often organizations take subject matter experts and they put them into these more expert or higher level kind of roles. So whether it's a facilitator, whether it's a manager, somebody like that, and things don't work out. So because there are difference between being a subject matter expert and knowing it and then having to take on these other skills. So what do you think was most helpful for you um, like maybe in addition to even your theater background, but were there other things that you feel like helped you be successful in transitioning from that SME to that facilitator? Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, I talked about creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one area that really does help and make a difference. Um, a lot of times when you have a subject matter expert, they're really good at knowing their material and they're really good at knowing the right answers. Um, but the, the problem can be coming up with ways to present it uh, or coming up with ways to connect with your audience to, to make sure they understand. Um, you know, there's, there's that saying like fake it till you make it. Uh, and uh, I think I've discovered throughout the different steps of learning that 
there are some times where you can fake it till you make it. And there are other times when you absolutely cannot fake it until you make it. Right. Um, yeah. You know, as a facilitator, in my opinion, that is one of those times when you cannot fake it until you make it. Um, because you might, because yeah, I've tried. You <laughs> know from experience. I've tried from experience teaching classes on topics that I was not personally really comfortable with yep. um, or not really good at. I've been know. there as a professor in those lessons that you're like, I just. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can tell them what's on the paper, but then as soon as they start asking you questions, it's over. You're found out. It's all over. <laughs> exactly. Um, but something like curriculum design, in my opinion, what I what I discovered is it's a lot easier to fake it till you make it when you're right than when you're talking. Because you know, if you work at a place long enough and you pick up on the lingo and you pick up on the 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 way people talk and the things that people say, you can plug into pretty much any business unit that needs training and you could write something that sounds pretty close with right. even without some help. Um, and then you can add it to the end to you know, give some subject matter um, expertise to it. But you can you can fake a lot of that. Um, because it's because a lot of it is fluffy type type talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can get really good at fluffy type talk. You know? So so you know having that having that creativity to be able to, to make the, the connections and to be able to know like what your limitations are mm, yeah, and know how to, how to still be able to teach through those. Um, because like, you know, when I, when I was a facilitator, you know, I had started in, you know, one area where I was considered a subject matter expert, but just like so many places, you can't just stay in in one spot. They've got to use you in as many spots as, as possible. Um, so I also was pulled into training collections, collection calls, and um, I hate collections. Absolutely, <laughs> I did it for a year on the phones, and I was terrible at it. Um, and then they asked me to teach people. Oh gosh, <laughs> like, uh, this is the wrong person to be teaching how to collect money because I cannot do it. Um, so like for me, that was a major challenge was to get yeah. up in front of a class and try and teach them something that I knew I was not good at. Um, and having to figure out, all right, well, how can you present the information and still, you know, do you need to draw on some resources more often? Do you need to find other things? Do you need to find other, um, supplemental resources to help to figure out how to be able to make sure that, that these learners get a, a good, you know, effective experience, even though the person that the person that's teaching them, you know, couldn't collect his way out of the paper bag. <laughs> it on. Um, you know, so yeah, there's there's a lot of those pieces in there. Yeah. So Nathan, one of the other things that you had mentioned a little bit earlier was about the importance you learned of networking and building relationships. Mm -hmm. So what at what point do you feel like you learned that and that you started to pick that up and, you know, what types of relationships were you able to build that really helped you in your journey? Yeah. Um, I think really I have seen the fruit of that labor come to come, come to bloom in the last uh, couple of years, really. So the last, you know, not quite two years now, you know, I jumped into, 
uh, more of a learning consultant role. And it was, you know, it's in an area that didn't really have an organized training organization prior to. Um, and I was one of the one of the first people to come into you know a learning team within this environment. And as I was helping try and figure things out and figure out how to set up some of the, the infrastructure and how to set up some of the behind the scenes pieces that you know training organizations need to be effective, um, I just found myself really easy like, oh yeah, I know that person. Um, oh yeah, that person handles this. I could go ask them that question. Uh, oh yeah, I've known that person for you know long time. I worked with them on this project, and we've done this together. And I'll just ask them, and they'll help me figure it out. Um, and I kept, I kept running into that experience um, throughout all of that time, and, and it it really helped to to kind of settle in with me the efforts that I had been making throughout all of these years. Um, you know, because I had been see, I had been in one training organization for the larger part of my of my time as a learning and development professional and so i got really good at connecting with the people within my organization you know and of course you have to connect with SMEs when you're you know creating a course or something like that so you know some of that work as well um, but i had been really connected to that group um, but i didn't really realize the importance of having those types of connections until I went to this new role. And I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, all of these different people that I was connected to at one point, a lot of them have moved on to different places too. Um, parts of either our organization or even different companies completely. Right. Um, and I'm still able to fall back on these, on these relationships. I had somebody that I had worked with and they left the, uh, in the, our company a couple of years ago and and they just linkedin messaged me recently and mm -hmm. said hey i've got a big presentation coming up in a couple of weeks and i need some really killer icebreakers and oh. uh, i remember you know i always remember you had good icebreakers <laughs> when, uh, when i was there so you know can you help me out you know and i was able to help out you know somebody that i don't work with anymore but you know i still you know i'm glad to be able to help and yeah. uh, provide some some opportunities there for them. And I had somebody else recently too from uh, from another department that I had worked in that uh, asked me for suggestions for karaoke karaoke bars uh, <laughs> because you know, they said, well, you know, we used to go on these work trips together, and I always remember you were, um, you know, you were always leading up the karaoke bar party and all that stuff, and you A know, fun committee. <laughs> responsibility had fallen on this person now and so they're asking for oh that's awesome yeah it doesn't have to necessarily be work related that could right. be fun. yeah you yeah. have to be work related you're still helping each other you're still strengthening that that bond and that relationship and i so i guess the moral of all of that really probably is sometimes you don't realize the connections you're making as you're making them yeah. but there's a pretty good chance that at some point down the line a lot of them are going to uh, prove fruitful for you in one way or another, you know, that you may have never even expected as you're building the connection initially. Right. Right. That's so true. True. So Nathan, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute, but before we do, I just want to see, is there anything else that you want to share um, about just your journey and kind of what brought you to today? Um, you know, the other thing that 
I'm a really big proponent of, you know, I really, as I said, you know, I'm huge with storytelling. I think storytelling is really important. Um, the other thing is humor. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just, to me, I know everybody is wired differently. Humor is just wired um, in me completely. Um, I just have to always have to be, you know, trying to entertain myself. <laughs> Either it's entertain myself <laughs> or entertain the people that are around me, which is you know, interesting because I'm more introverted. But still, um, I just think it's so important to be able to infuse humor into the things that we we do. And then when it comes to learning, I think it's I think it's hugely important. Um, as you're going through web-based trainings, and we know everybody has to go through those required web-based trainings and you're just clicking and you're clicking and you're clicking. Um, and Side note, we don't make those. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, finding, finding ways to insert that humor um, into, you know, those opportunities or even like presentations mm -hmm. and things like, I don't like doing normal presentations. Like, honestly, anytime, I have the opportunity. Anytime I, I feel that I have the freedom to do something um, a little bit, you know, off center mm -hmm. presentations, I do it. Yeah. You know, I've done you know multiple like Mandalorian themed presentations. <laughs> um, we even did like an Oregon Trail presentation one time. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> event. Um, just things to, because you know, humor just, it you know this aside from just like lightening the mood and making things sometimes more easily digestible, um, it triggers those responses in your brain, you know, and I know there's lots of brain science and I don't I know that I don't know all of the brain science behind it. Um, but it just helps make things memorable. And when people have a reaction to it, people will remember the things that, you know, that you're trying to get across to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, uh, I can tell you it's the same basic principle, even if it's not like something that they learn specifically, but I've had individuals that I had in classes when I was a facilitator um, and five, six, seven, eight years down the road, I run into them again and they've moved on to different areas in the company. Um, but they'll still remember some of the funny stuff that we did in class, you know, I used to show like funny YouTube videos and all that type of thing. And, and I, I find people telling me like, I still remember we used to watch that video. And I even included that in a presentation that I gave <laughs> to my boss recently. That's <laughs> awesome. Fact well, you might be pushing it a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's, but that's the idea is that right. there's that emotion. It makes it um, important to them. It helps them remember, um, and it just encourages people, I feel like. And to me, that's that's hugely important um, just to make learning fun and to make learning interesting to people and just make it stick. So humor and storytelling. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Nathan, for being a guest on this episode. Of course. Uh, it's been great. Yeah. And uh, Nathan, if somebody wants to connect with you or follow you or maybe even have you as a speaker on their event, which you're looking, you, you're loving doing those uh, right now, how would they go about doing that? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest place to get me um, okay. is to message me or, you know, tag me in LinkedIn and I'll, I'll talk to you. <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again, Nathan. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, and I appreciate everyone of you listening. Um, I know this is going to go viral. I told Nathan that already. So he could hold up his coffee cup if he wants to. It's Golden Girls. Yes. <laughs> um, and we will catch you all in the next episode. So thanks again. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Tracy Schroyer, PhD, LLC. Learn more about what Dr. Tracy offers at www.tracyshroyerphd.com. While you're there, sign up for the free five steps to build a solid professional development plan. Don't forget to subscribe and like the Through the Lens of Learning podcast here too. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.